Welcome everybody else to WBFG. This week we are doing our Week in Geek segment. We are going to talk a lot about comics, and we are also going to play a round of our game, Hashtags, otherwise known as Two Truths and a Hashtag. Yes. <laughs> I actually did some preparing for this. I saw on your text this morning, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Really, yeah. I just looked at hashtags on Twitter last night. <laughs> Which is more than I did. So. <laughs> you broke our rule. You made preparations. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. How are we ever going to call ourselves the laziest podcast on the internet if you make preparations, Aaron? Well, we'll just stop talking about it. <laughs> what, what they don't know won't hurt us. Stop talking about it. We'll start being about it. <laughs> because not knowing is less than half of the battle. Seriously. <laughs> How are you this week? I'm fine. I'm I'm still fighting with crappy sinuses right now, but other than that, I'm well, all right. Just another thing that makes you a qualified geek, I guess. <laughs> yes, chronic sinusitis. Post-nasal drip. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> Tell me about your week in geek. Um, well, I spent a lot of time getting caught up on comics this week. <laughs> a lot. But not out of preparation for this episode, right? No, just in preparation for my life. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I had gotten way behind over like November and December, so I had about about four months worth of uh, comics just waiting for me to start digging through them. Wow. Do you purchase all of yours? Do you have a pull list, or did you just go to the store and kind of catch up the cheap way? (laughs) <laughs> not that I do that I don't do that <laughs> no I purchased them I purchased digital copies good for you yeah yeah so um, I didn't even really read comics until last year when DC rebooted everything I I have to confess I'm behind myself um, yeah. I uh, my job typically involves like just going down a rabbit hole for sometimes a year at a time and I worked on one TV show for 13 months and then another one for like nine months. And I I left the world of everything for a little while. And it was, I worked out almost every day and any kind of video work is just really immersive. And so comics are actually something that I'm very behind on right now. Yeah. And I've been three weeks free. I'm, I'm no longer on a week to week TV schedule. And so I pulled out my collection and... I'm just realizing I'm literally years behind, and it's really depressing. <laughs> Sad. Well, at least you didn't get, like, 30 years behind by just not reading them That's all. true. I think you can call yourself a comic book fan if you're like, well, I'm only 30 years behind my reading. <laughs> so well, what do you read? Um, I read Animal Man. Yeah, that's a weird one. No one has really ever heard of it. And uh, Swamp Thing. Excellent. And those two things usually go together, like Animal Man and Swamp Thing are kind of like in the same the same realm as far as DC goes. That's awesome. Are those the only two you read regularly? No, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that can't be it. I do um, Batman and Batwoman. I do just regular Batman. I don't know if you know this, but there's like 10 different Batman comics. 
it's like action figures nowadays. It's like yeah. Batman with Dino Buddy and LaserNet. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. So I just do the generic Batman, and I also read Batwoman and um, Green Lantern, not to be confused with Green Lantern Corps or <laughs> Green Lantern New Guardians or... <laughs> just... Or uh, what's the other... I, I have a... I can't talk today. That's okay. Can I confess that the first words that I spoke were to you a few minutes ago at 10 a.m., which tells you something about my life right now? Uh, mine were to tell the cat to shut up this morning. I did hear an adorable cat sneeze in the background, by the way. Shoo, <laughs> <laughs> cute. So sorry about my words not happening. I'm downing as much coffee as I can to try to wake up. That's okay. I have a cousin who I'm very close to, uh, and the best way to tease him is to call the Green Lantern the Green Hornet and vice versa. Oh, God. <laughs> it's really mad. It's awesome. Oh, I also read one called Earth 2, which is pretty cool. I've not heard of that. It's set in a parallel dimension. It's like Earth, but not our Earth. And so the the first issue starts out with all the Justice League like getting blown to bits. Like oh, Batman yeah. and Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern are all dead. And so it's, like, about the rise of new superheroes. That sounds fun. Yeah. I like AU stuff. I liked, uh, I got quite the kick out of Marvel Zombies. <laughs> I've heard Did of that. I've never looked that? at it. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's <laughs> just for the cover art alone. It's, like, I love alternate universe series for that reason, because I love the whole, like, well, what if this happened? What if that happened? Right. Another brilliant thing out of my mouth pre-coffee before <laughs> I like alternate things because it's like, what if this happened? <laughs> Genius. Um, I also have uh, Stephen King's The Stand graphic novel series just sitting on my hard drive waiting to be read, but I haven't tackled that yet. Awesome. I've n I didn't know that there was a graphic novel series of that, which is stupid of me, I realize. I knew about Dark Tower, which I've yeah. got right here, but I did not know about The Stand. Mm, so, I oh, I also just read um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Is that um, running right now, or were you looking at an old run? It's an old one. Cool. What year do you think ish? Oh, oh boy, ninety um, something. <laughs> I read a lot of comics from the nineties. It's I feel like a, a therapist would have a field day because a lot of the comics that I like are from like nineteen ninety three. Oh, it's all about your lost childhood. <laughs> yeah, it's like oddly, an oddly specific year. <laughs> I think that was the first year that I bought my own comic book. It was yeah. actually, there was a garage sale in Clayton and there was a Wonder Woman comic book. I still have it. it and it had um, a woman stuck in a spider web <laughs> on the cover. And I thought at the time that it was like, the most striking imagery. And I was like, this story looks so scary because I'm super scared of spiders. Yeah. And I bought it. And I think that might've been the year that I bought it. And that mm. might explain it. Um, Batwoman just finished up a, a cool story arc with Wonder Woman. Really? Yeah. They teamed up for like four issues or so. Who? And Batwoman is um, openly gay. And so there's all this fun I little did like, not know that. Yeah. There's all this fun, like, internal dialogue you got to read about her, like, checking out Wonder Woman and, like, oh, she's she's so out of my league. <laughs> Pun. League. Yeah. See what I did there? <laughs> Slow. <laughs> <laughs>
I did not know that. See, that's how behind I am. I'm sure that was like huge news. When when did she come out? When did they have her come out? Um, I only I've read it since the reboot of issue one, so I don't know if she was in her prior comics before they they redid everything. But she was like right from the get go in issue wow. one. Yeah. Wow. It's the future. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's just welcome to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> DCE, um, also in Earth 2, there's a new Green Lantern that's openly gay as well. Gosh. Actually, the first issue starts out with his fiance dying in a horrible fiery oh, train crash. What? Sucky. <laughs> yeah, and he turns his... It's kind of different, like, Green Lantern in Earth 2 doesn't work quite like regular Green Lantern. It's more like he's harnessing the power of the Earth. So it's kind of like Captain Planet. I was just gonna like the only person I know of that can do that, <laughs> Captain Planet. But the the like the like entity that was bestowing these powers on him was like, you need to pick something as your focal point, like something to channel these powers through. And he chose his engagement ring, and it turned oh, into a, a Green Lantern ring. That's a really cool shtick. Yeah, that's a disrespectful word for it. I feel like I should say plot point. <laughs> oh, that's a nice shtick they've got there. It's 9 a.m. Shtick is totally fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the um, a- the Animal Man and Swamp Thing plotline has been my favorite, I think, out of all of them. Is the Swamp Thing concept still what it was based on, like, the Swamp Thing movie from the 80s? Sort of. He's, li- he's like a scientist that gave himself these abilities through a lab accident. Okay, but same they, deal. They take it a little step further and... Um, there's like these forces they refer to. It's the for- basic forces of life called the green, which is all like plant life. And then there's the red, which is all animal life. And then there's the rot, which is like decay and stuff. What, what, what makes up decay? Just literal decay? Or do you mean like the decay of society, like criminals? Or- it's like literal decay. And each of these forces, they have like basically like their ambassador to the world. And Swamp Thing is, is, the greens ambassador and then animal man is the reds. And then the bad guy in this whole story arc is, is the rot and his avatar looks like a, the worst like demon zombie you've ever seen in your life. Scary. But normally like all three are supposed to be in harmony with each other. And in this storyline, the rot is like trying to take over. And so the other two guys have to try to stop him. Stupid rot. Yeah. He's ruining things for everybody. (laughs) But it's been, like, one of the longest storylines, too. It's been, like, 17 issues or so. Maybe 18. Um, does Swamp Thing still look all drippy, greeny goodness? Um, they've kind of changed, updated him quite a bit. He has, like, the ability to grow these big leafy wings out of his back, and he can fly now. Um, that's a huge improvement. That's really uh, yeah. cool. Because I always felt sorry for him. He was, like, I don't know, like a walking just mud. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, he's mud. <laughs> What can you do with that? Not much. Besides leave footprints. <laughs> Ruin the carpet. <laughs> Once again, you get the better punchline. What can you do with that besides ruin the carpet? <laughs> okay, what else do you read? Um, I was reading Wonder Woman as well, but truthfully I got kind of bored with it. <laughs> Her arcs were like two-issue arcs, and... So by the, it's not a lot of time. That's maybe like 60 pages to resolve everything. 
Yeah, I like my stuff to be like season. I, I'm trained by TV. Hang on, we're taking a field trip. I have to go get more coffee. Sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm not being a good podcaster because all, all I really want to do right now is just listen to you talk about comics. <laughs> And I want to chime in. I just kind of want to listen. Just catch me up, Aaron. So <laughs> more coffee is necessary. Um, yeah, but I like my comic arcs. Like I like my TV with kind of a monster of the week in, in every issue, but, but something overarching. Yeah. No, they did have this small thing that, where there's Zeus has impregnated yet another human woman. and Ugh, Hera, Zeus again. Hera wants to kill the baby and... Wonder Woman wants to save it. I'm like, we've heard this story before. I've heard it not only in in basic Greek mythology, but also like uh Xena and <laughs> And every other thing having to do with Yeah. Anything ever before. So and they just never really like fleshed out any of the characters. Like Wonder Woman is just Wonder Woman. Like she is this awesome lady who, you know, kicks a lot of butt. And that was really all they ever developed of her. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. That's why I don't read Superman, too. There's, like, to me, there's no real depth to him. And he doesn't really have any, there's no, like, weakness there other than kryptonite. That is so funny because I was just thinking about Superman last night. I'm I'm writing, um, I'm working on a magazine article right now. um, And I was talking about Buffy. (laughs) Uh, You'll be shocked to know. And I was thinking about, I was trying to get my head around what kept her from being boring. Yeah. And it was almost that it, I mean, she's an interesting character to begin with. I mean, by just making, making her this tiny little blonde, you know, who's against evil and all this other stuff. But she shares some qualities with Wonder Woman in that she's, and Superman, and that she's strong, she's nigh indestructible, you kill her and she's just going to come back to life. And so I was thinking, what kept her from being boring? And um, Buffy was really flawed. Yeah. You know, she had a real superiority complex and she was kind of a, um, kind of a snob sometimes. But like Wonder Woman and Superman, what do they have that's like that? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I have to tell you, Wonder Woman, now I, in all fairness, I'm not in my heyday of comics exactly right now, but Wonder Woman's one of those books that I would also try to get into and couldn't keep it going. I did the same thing for a little while. There was a Tomb Raider comic, and I, I thought, oh, well, I should love this. And I bought like three or four issues, and then I just stopped because it was the same deal. That There was nothing interesting going on there. Yeah, when there's no no risk involved for the heroes, it's it's hard for me to get interested. Mm-hmm. And when they're not making mistakes, you know, they, they should be human in a weird way, even if they have superpowers, because what do I have to identify with if they're not making terrible mistakes all the time? Right. <laughs> and even like when Superman's Clark Kent, he's like, his biggest mistake is if he like dumps his coffee on his keyboard. Yeah, he's like, what up, 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 up. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, Clark. And it's, and even then you think, oh, he probably did that on purpose because Superman wouldn't spill his coffee on anything. Yeah, I feel like, in a weird way, I feel like we're going to get yelled at for saying this, but that's okay, because it's how we really feel. It was almost like he was Lois's dad. Yeah, kind of. Which is a terrible, I know he just went to a terrible place. I don't mean it in like a literal way, but like, the way he was always kind of like, oh, Lois, you and your 
humanity. It just kind of made her too cute. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, it's like, I don't want to, as a woman and I'm reading it and I'm going, I don't want to feel like you're constantly looking at me and going, Oh, how cute all of your struggles are. How quaint you are with all your weaknesses. Quaint is a much better word. Yes. (laughs) That is exactly like I liked when, um, when I was a kid, we had these VHS tapes with the old, old, old Superman cartoons. I, Mm. I don't know if they were from the thirties or forties, probably forties, but Lois used to be awful. Yeah. I mean, she was really bad, and I loved her when she was bad. I thought it was, like, I there was one cartoon that I used to watch where there was a volcano exploding, and she tricks Clark Kent into taking the story herself. <laughs> you can see where it's going. It's an yeah. exploding volcano. And, uh, but, like, she did something. I remember her doing something really bad. Of course, I don't remember what it was, but just totally throws Clark under the bus. And... I I liked that I liked it when she was a villain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was more interesting to me, and it made him more interesting because it's like, what's wrong with you that you've got a thing for this woman who treats you like junk? Have you? Did you ever watch um, the Adventures of Lois and Clark? Oh my gosh! With Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Dean Cain was my first ever um, fan letter. Oh really? <laughs> I wrote him a poem. That's it. That's it? (laughs) That's it. I was something about, I may have been listening to the Mariah Carey song Hero a lot of the time because it was something about, like, what a hero is and what a hero does. And I wrote it on, like, a yellow legal pad, and I mailed it in, and I got back um, a stamped postcard, I think, from his fan club. Uh (laughs) And I... I, I was like uh, Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. because I didn't I didn't know any better to be disappointed that he like didn't respond to me personally because I didn't think I was gonna get any response at all. I was just writing for my love of Dean Kane. <laughs> so I got it back and I was like weeping with joy. I was like Dean Kane sent me a postcard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so yes, I did watch that show and she was kind of she was a little bit she was kind of bad on that show. She was she was pretty ruthless, especially. Um, recently I visited my mom and she has cable and I don't, and some network was, was airing like tons of Lois and Clark back to back. So I don't know where this was at in the season, but, or in the series, but I watched like four episodes in a row where she was totally cutthroat. I love it. She's like, Clark, Perry wants you to go get a sandwich. <laughs> and then Clark leaves and then she's like running out the door to grab the story from him. That was the best Lois impression ever. <laughs> Clark, Perry wants you to walk under this axe that I've rigged up over the top of this doorway. Just do it. Do it because I said. It'll be a great story. (laughs) For me to report on your murder. (laughs) Maybe we should retool Lois and give her her own comic. Yeah, let's make her, like, murderously insane. (laughs) Adventures of murdering Lois and stupid Clark. It could be like Dexter, but with Lois, and she kills good people, too. (laughs) I like that. I like it a lot, and I think we should do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm writing that down, so we don't forget. (laughs) Don't. Too many. There's gold. There's writing gold in these podcasts, (laughs) and if you don't capture that lightning in a bottle, get it away. 
I didn't think we were going to be talking about the adventures of Lois and Clark today. That's what I love about talking to you. <laughs> One of the many things. Well, I was a little obsessed with Dean Kane for a while, too. <laughs> we were obsessed at the same time, and we couldn't talk about it. Stupid backwards Midwest school. <laughs> Plus, I think we didn't know each other yet. I think that was grade school. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but if only we could have sent out some kind of bat signal. Yeah. Superman signal. <laughs> um, speaking of DC television shows, The Arrow on CW right now is really bad, so don't waste your time watching it. <laughs> really? I think you're like the only person who has told me that. Everybody else keeps telling me to watch it. It was too much like... This is going to sound stupid. It was too much character drama and not enough action. That makes sense. I mean, it is a superhero show. Yeah, and the scene, I wanted to see him in that, in the costume, like, shooting crazy arrows at people and, like, doing mad martial arts all over the city. What would ever give you such an expectation, Aaron? I don't know. (laughs) A green arrow. (laughs) So instead, it's like, ooh, I love you. I used to love you before you, I thought you were dead, and then I fell in love with your best friend, and your sister's dysfunctional and on drugs, and your mom might be a murder. So it's Dawson's Creek with a superpower. Basically. Basically. (laughs) Or it's like it's like any other show on the CW. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. A, it's a nighttime soap opera. Oh, that's Which good. I guess, I guess there might be people that are interested in that, but... Well, I've never watched The Vampire Diaries. I hear that's kind of something similar. Yeah, this uh, girl at work that found out I like True Blood a lot was like, ooh, you should watch Vampire Diaries, and I watched one episode and <laughs> regretted it. <laughs> that's another one of those things that I'm I'm either resisting to late adopt or it's just not going to happen. I don't know why. I don't know why everybody tells me to, but I just, I have, you know, aside from Buffy, it's like Buffy filled my vampire TV show quota forever. And so I don't ever need another vampire show. Well, you maybe should try reading the books because they're really good. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's like 15 of them or something like that. Well, segue, I do have um, a lot of the comics sitting here, and I do have um, the Season 8 motion comic, which was given to me by my sister. Yeah. So I do um, have mixed emotions about the comics, but I always have mixed emotions about every comic, because like a true geek, I want things to go exactly the way they go in my head, and when they don't, I'm like, hey, but I still enjoy, very much enjoy reading them. Yeah. I mean, Buffy is... um, I swear I'm going to stop talking about it one of these days. I promise. That's okay. It's okay. Thank you for accepting em- me as I am. Embrace it. <laughs> it's it's just one of... I'm such a cliche. I almost feel embarrassed to tell you the comics that I read because I'm so... Like, they've just got me by my demographic, and <laughs> I'm just Captain Obvious. I read Batgirl and Black Widow and... Rogue and Gotham City Sirens and Birds of Prey and I read Harley Quinn when it was going and I have some Wonder Woman but like you couldn't couldn't keep going and I just have anything it's uh, I read some X-Men I really liked Astonishing X-Men a friend got me into that in college oh that's Ri- the one uh Joss Wheaton wrote for a little bit isn't it that's the one yeah <laughs> so there's there's my little link but like I just anything with a with a strong woman or or even a, a not-so-strong woman. Anything with an interesting woman. Harley Quinn's 10 gallons of crazy, but I always <laughs> liked her comic book. You know, she's highly dysfunctional. Right. But, yeah, so I read all the chick all the chick comics. 
there's nothing wrong with that. I, that's actually why I started reading Wonder Woman. I was like, I want to read this because it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. As I was l- listening to you list your stuff, I was like, man, Aaron's more well-rounded than I am because he's reading Wonder Woman, and I don't have a single male-fronted. <laughs> like, there's some issues of Wolverine in here that my husband was reading for a little while, so I could technically be like, well, I read Wolverine, but I only read it because he bought it and brought it into the house. <laughs> Trying to think what I think you should read Animal Man, and but you have to read Swamp Thing too because they really go together. Want, I want to call him Animal Man. <laughs> Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> Can I read Animal Man. <laughs> and um, Elmahay. His powers are pretty cool too. He can like summon the traits of any animal he wants and use them to fight crime. So it's like that Rob Schneider movie. Which Rob Schneider movie? The Animal. Oh. <laughs> I'm bad at movies. I it's okay. I've, n- I've actually never seen that movie. I just like to make Rob Schneider jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so out of those that you listed, what do you think your favorite comic is? <sighs> That's a hard question because I'm so behind. Um, I really tend to gravitate back toward Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I like her routine. She's the least tortured of all of the women in my comics. Um, Black Widow is sort of in constant need of redemption. And she's always having flashbacks about the bad things she did when she was um, working as a Russian spy. Batgirl um, before she becomes Oracle is, um, you know, always trying to grow up and always trying to be taken seriously. And then she becomes Oracle and she's still amazing and empowered, but, I, you know, it's like she she has to sit there and watch the action from afar. Let's there was see. one point where they uh, magically undid her paralysis. Really? Did it last? Or yeah, it, it it did. It, they just decided they didn't want her in a wheelchair anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> coffee in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> like, how did the fan community react to that? Because I kind of thought like that her being in a wheelchair was. It was nice because it was like somebody was represented, you know. I mean, other than Professor Xavier, there's not really a lot of. Yeah, I had, it was not a very nice reaction. If there had been some sort of explanation, you know, I, if they'd even tried to write it into the storyline, I think it would have been okay. Instead of just being like, "Okay, she's six now," like yeah, it was yeah. when the it was when the reboot happened, and that's how they justified it because. They, I say they rebooted it, but they didn't actually necessarily reboot everything as far as continuity goes. Like, you may pick up issue one of one of the new DC comics, and you're like, huh, what's going on here? Because there's backstory in the old issues that you haven't read. Well, I can just turn to you, though, right? If, yeah. I mean, I, and I guess there's always the internet where I can yeah. go and <laughs> look things up. <laughs> oh, and I tried to read Catwoman, and in issue one, there's a really graphic sex scene with her and Batman. Really? And that really put me off of it. Do you know that I really hate graphic sex scenes in comics? Like, I really do, but I was like... I I don't even know if it was graphic. It was really awkward. It was like... You know in um, gym class in elementary school when we had to do, like, the crab walk? Yeah. Um, That's kind of how Batman was posed. Ugh. (laughs) It's just weird. And his face was all, like, strained and, like, veins were popping out. Ew. He still had his cowl on, but that was it. And then 
the cat. Oh my gosh, that's like a joke. It sounds like you're talking about a joke. (laughs) Like somebody made a a skit on Saturday Night Live about a gross sex scene. It was real. And it was like the last page of the issue. And I was like, oh, so much for that. (laughs) And I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) It's disappointing. See, I actually, that's another reason why I put Tomb Raider down. Because there is a line between... I want to read about strong, empowered women, and, okay, this is just, again, pornographic. This is just solely for the sake of men reading this and thinking she's hot. Like, that's that's not why I read comics, you know? I mean, obviously, if I'm a big comic book fan, I have nothing against, you know, the costumes that they wear and them being attractive, and, like, I have no problems with um, love stories or angst. Obviously, I have no problem with angst. I watch Buffy. But, like... <laughs> I, so it's, it, but there's such a line for me between empowerment and exploitation and comics are, are an interesting area to geek out about because they cross it constantly. It's, it's issue to issue. Yeah. And I thought, especially with that Catwoman one, it was weird because I figured their target audience would be women. Yeah. You would think I'd be interested to hear about the demographics on that um, issue and kind of what happened with that, you know? Yeah, and, you know, that may have been the only time that anything like that even happened, but I just didn't even care enough to find out. (laughs) The thing that I love most about Catwoman is that she's just got her own life. She's got her own thing going on. She's not aspiring to anything other than what she is. Yeah. You know, I mean, occasionally the arc will swing. She wants to be redeemed, so she's doing redemptive things. And then sometimes she just wants to go back to being bad and everybody leave me alone and I just want to make a living. But no matter where she is... She's usually living independently. I mean, except for Gotham City Sirens. And even then, in Gotham City Sirens, she's kind of the responsible roommate. Yeah. She's the one who's like, Harley, pick up your cereal bowl. And, (laughs) you know, her and Harley are kind of keeping Ivy accountable to how evil are you today. And it's so it's kind of I I like her because she's the most I think I, I think she's the most realistic, oddly. It's funny, when you said they were asking Ivy how evil she was, I imagined them with, like, a a thermometer on a dry erase board, and they're like, Ivy, you didn't fill in your thermometer today. (laughs) What's your evil level? Yeah. (laughs) What are the odds you're going to go kill somebody or rip off a bank? (laughs) Uh, I heard they're going to be adding Catwoman into Justice League soon. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Because I feel like she would show up. She's just very no-nonsense. I feel like she would show up in the Justice League and be like, you guys aren't thinking strategically enough. Like, I I want somebody to go into the Justice League and start making preparations. Like, start making emergency plans for when things go wrong. Like, yeah. they're really good at responding, but they should really be planning ahead. Yeah. I, right now, well, I'm a little behind on that. I still have a few issues to catch up on, but Batman is definitely, like, the backbone of the Justice League right now. That makes sense to me because he he would be the most trained to deal with things in a real world way. Yeah. And then I wish they would get rid of poor Aquaman. <laughs> He's like the superhero everyone loves to hate. Did you ever hear um uh Kevin Smith's Smodcast? They did like a special animated edition where they talk about how useless Aquaman is. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to find it on YouTube and send it to you because you are going to laugh yourself silly. It's funny because I did read like the first two issues of his reboot and he kind of acknowledges that he's a joke, 
Like, really? Yeah, like the character acknowledges no. that he's not really that useful. <laughs> I know nothing about Aquaman, but I know a decent bit about Namor. Yeah. Am I saying that right, by the way? I don't know. I just pronounce things the way I want to, usually. I feel like that's one of our ongoing, like, if somebody was to describe how our podcast is shaping up, they'd be like, it's two friends who talk about not knowing how to pronounce things. Because <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. It's it's either, like, I want to call him Namor the Namorian or Namor the Namorian. I don't know. I don't know how it goes. I think we'd have to ask one of the writers to find out for sure. I want to do a drawing, except I can't draw. So I want somebody else to do a drawing called Leonard Namor, and it's Spock is N- N- Namor. <laughs> Got the ears. Yeah, Aquaman's useless. <laughs> <laughs> so let it be written. So let it be done. Unless so they're like, real. unless they're underwater. <laughs> no, that's not true. There was one issue of Justice League where um, they start sweating profusely to slip out of an enemy's grip. No, that would be awesome, though. <laughs> um, there was some flying bad guys over the water, and he, like, made sharks jump out of the water and eat them. That is, like, the joke from the first Batman movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's... I can't believe that's a real... That's a cartoon thing. It's not a real, actual thing. <laughs> oh, um, comic books. <laughs> I did read one Marvel comic for a while. It was, um, they gave Gambit his own comic for a little bit. Really? And then I got bored of that, too. I read all the I get Black Widow and Rogue and stuff, but. Yeah. I liked Gambit. Where did Gambit go? Is he still around? Do I just not see him anymore? Um, he has his own comic now. <laughs> is, he, is he still macking on Rogue? Um, in the, his, his little personal comic, he is living by himself in Louisiana. And decides he's bored with his life and decides to go steal some stuff from a rich guy. I like that. I feel like that's something he would do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and then through a mysterious turn of events, he ends up with an alien artifact embedded in his body. Dang it. Gambit! (laughs) Stay out of trouble, son. Boy. (laughs) Keep those alien artifacts out of your body. (laughs) Um, I was walking by one of the comic shops here and I saw um, the Star Trek comics that are the prequel to the movie. Countdown, countdown. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Audrey said we should get those. I I should just mail you mine. (laughs) Except I never have any money to mail things. I have my mom's Christmas presents sitting on the kitchen table. Oh, wow. (laughs) Bad daughter. (laughs) And I have uh, Bossy Pants and Rachel Dratch's book on the table with a letter ready to go to my niece. Like, I just have all these. So I'll I'll put countdown on my table pile, and I will email it to you guys. Someday, years from now. <laughs> uh, my my boyfriend, he's like, that's the one comic I think I would actually read. And I was like, oh. Okay, now I definitely have to send it to you because <laughs> it's going to be a bridge in your relationship. So I feel responsible now. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to read the, the Stand novels, but he couldn't get into it. What was his reasoning? Um, it's because I have digital copies of those two and he wanted an actual book to read. I'm a book girl. I don't. I, I feel the same way. I gotta have it in my hands. I told him to check the library, but he never bothered. Hey, what was your first comic book store? Um, gosh, it was this place in Indianapolis. I can't remember what it's called now. Is it Circle City Comics? Was it downtown? Yeah, it was downtown. Yeah, it's probably Circle City Comics. Yeah. 
It's a good shop. It's a good shop. Now I go to a place that's like three blocks from my apartment, and I don't remember what it's called either. (laughs) As I said, I'm bad with names. That's okay, because I was just going to tell you which one I went to, and then I forgot. (laughs) There's one that I've been into but never purchased anything at called Alley Cat Comics. I have to look. I I have, I feel like, um, hang on. Comic books, Claremont. There it is. Heroes Landing is the one that I go to here. But um, comic book stores are, I feel like they, they like imprint on you. And your first, for me, my first comic book store that I really fell in love with, like that's my comic store. And it'll, ne- nobody will ever be the same. Yeah. And it was Bob's Comic Castle in Muncie. <laughs> Run by a man not named Bob. <laughs> of course. He bought it from from Bob, but still his name was Trent. And it was just the best it, I don't I don't know. I don't it's just the smell of the place. It was in this kind of older complex and so it smelled a little musty. Yeah. Which I guess shouldn't have been part of the appeal, but totally was. <laughs> and it, I just it's like the comic book store in my heart and I can't I can't like anything else. You know, he had a pull list for me and he always had my stuff ready when I went in there. Even if I went in there two or three months late, he would still have my list behind the counter. Um, I don't know. I just miss it. Oh, memories. Sad. I'm crying right now. <laughs> um, speaking of pull lists, there's a cool website called ifanboy.com. And you can look up comics by like the week, it'll show you all the comics that came out that week. Nice. And you can sort it by publisher, so that's the only way I'm ever able to keep up with anything. I'm a big Dark Horse gal. I seem to like a lot of the stuff that they do. Dark Horse and DC are probably my two most read. Yeah. I've never read anything from Dark... No, no. No, that wasn't Dark Horse. I lied. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry. It was Icon (laughs) was the... The first non-DC comic I read that I really liked. Like uh, like every other geek on the planet, I have a comic that I want to make. It's in there. It's in my brain. I see the, the first cover. I'd actually like to make a motion comic, though. Um, but I, kick- can't, I can't draw. Let's kickstart it. I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like I would embarrass myself with a Kickstarter. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm used to... Uh, Jake and I work together mostly as partners and I it's I feel like I can't like oh man this is embarrassing it's getting psychological I feel like I can't do it by myself well you don't have to do it by yourself I'm a partner kind of a gal you know I like to do things and but I can't I can't draw and so I, I kind of feel like with um with comics like I I would really need to be able to pay an artist but I feel like also like the artist would have to do the majority of the work. Right. So I, I always feel like so inhibited about stuff like that. I have so many projects that I want to do, but I'm like, Oh, I couldn't possibly, I can't ask for that. I can't ask for that. And so I don't know. You never know. Someone might be like, Oh, I can draw, but I have no ideas. I, I wish I could draw. <laughs> I hope that's true. I wish I could draw a comic. Me too. <laughs> There's an artist that I met at a at a the Harry Potter convention, Ascendio, in twenty twelve. And if I could pick anybody to draw the comic, it would be her. She was amazing. Amazing, amazing. Maybe I should. Maybe I should 
get empowered and go for it and embarrass myself with a failed Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> you have so, nothing to lose except your pride. Except lose. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I was going to say except losing itself. And once again, the punchline winner is Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so are we ready to play our game? I think so, except I feel bad because you made all the effort and I did nothing. That's okay. This is more like a pilot for the game. Ooh, okay. That made me feel better. Yeah. Okay, pilot for hashtags, a.k.a. two hashtags and a lie. So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to read three hashtags, and two of them are legitimate, and one is one I made up. Okay. And <clears throat> I'll tell you that when we're done, because I did something stupid that I had to fix. <laughs> And <clears throat> let's hope my voice holds out for this. I'm really excited about it. Okay, so here's the first group. Okay. Uh, things girls like, things kitties like, or lies told in school. Oh, Aaron, those are all good. <laughs> things girls like, things kitties like, or lies told in school. I'm going to go with, they all sound real to me, but I'm going to go with that you made up things kitties like, because I know that you like kitties. Yep, that's it. Yay! Yay. You get a point that is worth nothing. (laughs) If I get 200 points, a a comic book artist will magically appear in front of me. Oh, boy. (laughs) And kill me, because she's Lois Lane. (laughs) Lois Lane serial killer. Okay, you ready for the next one? So I was born ready. <laughs> um, things I'd do to Rihanna. <laughs> Toby's dead. <laughs> and I've seen every episode of. Oh, man. That's a really hard one. That would be a good time for a cat sneeze. <laughs> you want me to hum the Jeopardy music? <laughs> yes, please. Let's see. Things I do to Toby's dead. Only assume that those are the office. Okay. I'm going to go with I've seen every episode of. No, that was real. Dang it. It was it was things I do to Rihanna, which I realize now has a yucky connotation to it. But <laughs> what I meant was, like, fix, fix her raggedy hair or, like... <laughs> but it came out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're making big with the gross things this week. <laughs> which I Which makes me laugh. <laughs> I meant fix her raggedy hair. <laughs> right. Like, why you gotta shave it on one side? It's over. I like that she's, like, sticking to that. And it's like, yeah. that that has been over for, like, two and a half years. <laughs> right. <laughs> she needs to let it go. Okay, that was great. really good. That was a really good one, though. <laughs> okay, um, alright. The next, the next one is... I feel like this one's gonna be easy. <laughs> Back in junior high. A um, hundred <laughs> things about me. Or 50 Things About Your Mama. All of them are good. I didn't know there were all these good hashtags out there. (laughs) There's all these clever things I could have been saying on the Twitter. (laughs) Not really. Okay, uh, uh, I'm gonna guess back in junior high. Nope, it was 50 Things (laughs) About Your Mama. Dang, I'm still 199 points away from my magical comic book artist. (laughs) Well, he he still has the potential for two more points. Okay. This is really fun. Okay. Okay. It's Transformation Tuesday, Sultry Sunday, or Follow Friday. (laughs) Okay. No Follow Friday is real. (laughs) 
I'm going to go with Sultry Sunday because it's funny sounding. It yep. sounds like something you would make up. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Sultry Sunday. Only 198 points to go. <laughs> okay, last one. Okay. Um, not all black people. <laughs> not, not a racist. And not a right winger. They all sound really good. <laughs> I'm gonna go with not a right winger. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Any, whatever the most clever thing is, that's the one you came up with because you are very clever. <laughs> and I liked your correct noise too. I'm gonna need to record that, and then whenever I like stay within my calories for the day, I'm gonna that little alarm is gonna go off at night, and I'm gonna feel proud of myself. <laughs> that was a really fun game. I probably could have had more if I had done it on a computer, but I was on my phone on the way home from work. On the train, so people know. Uh, bus, you know. Yeah. Same bus, thing. train, same thing. It's a thing <laughs> on wheels that you are not driving. Yep. Because <laughs> here at Born for Geekdom, we hate people who text and drive. Hate. <laughs> we will... No, I don't want to come up with anything violent to punish, because that's kind of beside the point. Um, we'll write, write them into our murderous Lois Lane comic. Yeah, you're going to get it. Lois Lane's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Friends who giggle together, the podcast. That's what we should have named it. <laughs> that was really fun. Yay. Um, so I have an essay and a special request from a listener... I don't know if he's actually ever listened, but he's my friend on Facebook. Um, he is the toughest critic I've ever known of everything, but he's always right. And so I put out a thing on Facebook before we even started our podcast. And I said, what do you, what do you like in a podcast? What do you hate? And I wanted to hear what everybody thinks. Not so much because I kind of feel like you and I don't really do this for an audience. We kind of just do it for us. But at the same time, why put something on iTunes if you're just going to do it for you? Right. It's kind of a cop-out. And um, one of the things that he said was he said, I wanted, I want to hear people read their writing. Um, there are a lot of podcasts that are story-based, and you can think of, you know, like Fresh Air, This American Life, or things like that. And so I was thinking of reading um, an essay that I wrote for my thesis in graduate school, which sounds academic, but it's not because it's a nonfiction book of essays about growing up a geek. So it all comes together. So what do you think about that? I think it sounds awesome. Okay. Well, um, we'll, we'll put that at the end of the podcast. Everybody stay tuned. I'm going to read my essay. Um, but I don't feel like I'm ready to go yet because I don't I, feel like I'm done talking to you. I feel like we're so grown up now. I know. Can you do a really good Terry Gross impression? She's, she, she's no. uh, the fresh air, fresh air voice. Yeah, I love her. I don't even if I wasn't interested in what she was talking about. Sometimes I would listen to that show just to hear her talk. I agree. It's soothing <laughs> without being phony soothing. Yeah, like I do. I actually do a lot of voiceover in my day job life, and everybody wants fake lady robot voice. <laughs> but but Terry Gross is like. Like, regular soothing lady voice, not fake lady Siri robot voice. Yeah. It's always weird to me that people order that voice, too, because to me, it sounds so cliche. Right. 
I don't know, like the the Garmin lady or something. <laughs> There's another podcast I listen to called Top Score, and it's from uh, Minnesota Public Radio. It's all about video game music. Nice. And I really like the the woman's voice too. I don't know her name. I'm trying to look now. <laughs> Minnesota was in my um, list of places to move when I was thinking of where to go when we left Indiana because I wanted to go and attach myself to Garrison Keillor. <laughs> I wanted to like ingratiate myself into his social circle and then end up on Prairie Home Companion and work at his bookstore. And then I, Minnesota has a really good creative writing program at, um, they have a lot of good art schools in Minnesota. Yeah. I feel like sometimes the cold forces people indoors and then they begin to work on their art. <laughs> or the lack of, like, stuff. Yeah, like when there's nothing to do, you have yeah. to make it. Oh, Emily Reese is her name. Emily Reese. Other voices. This is an interesting conversation. Other voices that you enjoy. Um, I don't enjoy mine today because I sound really froggy. I always hate mine. When I when I listen to our podcast, I think, shut up, Audrey, shut up. I think recorded voices sound differently than they do in real life, though. Yeah. Or, or at least know. I hope they do. <laughs> Part of me wants to agree with you, but because I do voiceover for a living, I think I just, I think it's just how I sound. Maybe, um, maybe I mean like Skype recorded voices. Yeah, that's it. Because it's not, it's not the highest quality recording. Skype, but you know what? That is true. It does make us sound tinny and phone-like. Yeah. I like Stephen Fry's voice. Oh, on Futurama? Um. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if if there were a thousand geeks listening to our podcast, that would be the moment when a thousand geeks rolled their eyes and went, Aaron, no! Well, he has the last name Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fry narrates Little Big Planet. Okay. And um, he does a ton of voiceover work. He's also oh, okay. He, he was in Bones. Yes, yes. As Gordon Gordon. I want Stephen Fry to narrate. I try to put his voice into my to my mind as he's narrating my day. Like he's your internal dialogue. That's a much better way to put it. <laughs> I try to put his voice in my brain and then think of it when I do things. <laughs> yeah, I love I love Stephen Fry's voice. I love most older British men's voice. Yeah, you kind of can't go wrong. Yeah, like Anthony Hopkins, I want him to come read me stories. I feel like that would be scary, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh. a mistake. No, he um he narrated How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That wasn't scary. Oh, well, if we're going to talk How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Boris Karloff. Oh, yeah. Another fantastic narrator of all things. A good voice is such a gift. You can't, most people, most of us just sound so dumb. And there are those people who, it's like, you could just listen to them read anything. Especially us with low self-esteem sound really dumb. Yeah, we're the worst. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> I have a girlfriend, um, she's an actor here in Orlando, and she has the most amazing voice. There's just a quality to it. There's a tone. I don't know how to explain it, but just when she talks, it's very, it's very musical. It's very mm. soft. She does a she does a lot of voiceover. I would someday when I'm when I am my own Joss Whedon. Someday when I have my motion comic going and my short films and my everything, she will be in my employ regularly if I have it my way. 
everyone will like hear her voice and be like, oh, this must be an Audrey Brown it's an production. It's an Audrey Brown yeah. <laughs> they will. They'll be like, oh, that's the voice of Heather Leonardi. <laughs> I hope it's okay that I just said her name. Sure. She's fantastic. I, I, I ended up knowing so many fantastic freaking actors down here. I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> yeah, because you don't really think of Florida as, like, acting. Capital. You know what's interesting about that? And this is, Jake and I went everywhere trying to find a place to go after Indiana. Minnesota was on our list. We never made it to visit. We went to Austin, Texas, because we thought artsy film community. We visited a handful of cities in California, um, and it was just too big of a leap from the Midwest yeah. for us to make. And we visited Florida, and the thing, we came to Florida a few times, and the thing that shocked me about Florida is that it's full of work. It is it is kind of like where you go if you're an artist and you want to work steady. Like, right. because of the tourism industry, and if I, I think for, for the actors, it's like, well, there's all the theme parks, and there's all of the dinner theaters, and there's all of the, it's just this, the place is packed with stuff to do. There's a lot of voiceover down here. There's a lot of commercial work going on. It's it's a great market if you are an artist and you just want to work steady. Hmm. And that kind of explains. That was a long explanation. I, I oh. In my fantasy, I thought it was going to be Austin because I love film. And I, I wanted to go work for Ain't It Cool. I had this fantasy about moving to Austin. And I love the heat. Like, give me heat, heat, heat. I love it. And I wanted to... I had this whole other life, and I was I was surprised when it ended up being Florida. I thought for sure it would be Texas, then California, then Florida, but it was the other way around. Lots of uh, video game companies in Texas, too. Really? Yeah. Someday when we relocate, let's go together. Okay. Because I'm lonely uh, down here. <laughs> except I I don't do well with the heat. <laughs> oh, you'd be melty guy? Yeah. If it gets over, like, 72, I start sweating profusely. I love, like, tropical. Like, give me ridiculous, like, I don't know what it is. I've 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 always been that way since I was a kid. That's why when my mom used to live in Florida, I always wanted to visit in the winter. Because it was the only time it was bearable. It is. It's <laughs> fantastic right now. It's in the 70s. I guess when, I guess summer down here is our winter. Yeah. Everyone, like, reverse hibernates. Yeah, that's exactly, that's a perfect way to put it. The only thing I hate about Florida is the bugs. Oh, yeah, and lizards everywhere. I love lizards. <laughs> I'm, I'm pro-amphibian lizards and tree frogs, and I love all that, but I, oh, man, the bugs. I, I, okay, I swore I was going to keep this anecdote a secret, and I know we're kind of running long, so we should go in, what do you think, five minutes-ish? Sure. Throw to the essay in five minutes? Um, I have a Florida anecdote. It's really traumatic. It's like Futurama. If you hear it, you can't unhear it. <laughs> So I'm going to leave it up to you whether or not you want to know the scary bug anecdote. Let's do it. Okay. Let's shock and appall our audience. All right. So Jake and I are sitting uh, down on the floor, as one sits when they're down. Um, and I was leaning against the couch. And I was reading to him from a blog. I was reading to him from Donald Miller's blog, which I enjoy because it's controversial and, and I like that. Um so I'm reading to him from the blog, and I'm in my pajamas. I feel a little tickle in the back of my pants. And I thought, I'm I'm so squirmy about bugs here that I am usually the person who jumps right up, and I'll be like, ah, like uh, any little thing. I assume it's like a, an army of ants are starting to invade, and they're going to crawl into my skin. So I'm 
I ignore it. I think, don't be such a wuss, Audrey. You are such an alarmist. Just sit, stay. So I stay and I continue reading and then I feel it again. And this time it's where the tag to my pants is. So it's inside of my pants. Right by your butt. Right, (laughs) right directly by my butt. So now it's inside of my pants and I lean forward. I look at Jake. I must have had a look on my face. I lean forward and I was planning on asking him, pardon me, but is there some kind of horrible bug in my pants? Excuse me, sir. Pardon me. <laughs> is there an mind... awful bug in my pants? <laughs> Do you mind inquiring as to whether or not there's a bug in my pantaloons? So I, I, before I even have the chance, the look on his face went, it was like, I knew something bad was happening back there because I could just see it from the look on his face. Something terrified him and he's not scared of bugs. He doesn't care. And so I de-pantsed my, I jumped up while pulling my own pants down. It was like, (laughs) it was like a superhero. I jumped out of my own pants, which is pretty dang impressive. And um, went screaming into the other room because I just knew I knew. And so he kills it. And I come back in and I'm like, how big, how big was it? And what was it? Because the thing about Florida is that there is a delightful array of different kinds of giant bugs. There's not just spiders. There's gigantic cockroaches and there's centipedes and there's, it's like living in temple of doom. (laughs) And so I was like, for an hour, I was like demanding. I was like, what is it? What was it? You have to at least tell me what it was. I have to know. I have to know. I was like, it's a spider. And he was like, it was a spider. And I was like, oh, the worst. If, if if I could make a list of bugs that I don't want crawling into my butt, <laughs> spider would be numero uno. <laughs> and to this day, he hasn't told me how big it was. Oh, wow. Which tells me that it was big. <laughs> and um, so a spider tried to crawl into my butt. Um, and that's my anecdote. That's terrifying. Well, it's just, he kept, Jake kept trying to comfort me after the fact he was like, it didn't know it was your butt. It didn't know. It just thought, it was like spiders, they just go to the dark places. And it didn't know. And I was like, it doesn't matter if it was intentional or not, Jake. Now I know this is a thing that can happen. And there's a whole new thing that I can be afraid of. <laughs> so I put that out there. I'm just going to tell the world that that happened. Do you want to hear my awful Chicago bug story? It's not quite as awful, but it's pretty bad. I, you know, I think it would be very therapeutic for me to hear somebody else's awful bug story. <laughs> well, basically we got bed bugs in our apartment and... Oh, the, sucks. The thing about bed bugs is you don't know. I didn't know they were real. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, you hear the, you know, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. I thought that was all a joke or like some scary oh, thing you tell your kids. <laughs> no, they're real. And... <laughs> I spent, like, a good month or month and a half with, like, bites all over my arm, and I didn't know what they were. So they were, like, returning to the same spot every night? Yeah, they were in our mattress. Oh, They literally, they literally live in your bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty bad. And so I was, I thought it was everything. I thought I I changed laundry detergents. I thought I had an allergy. Um, Oh, no. Because my boyfriend was getting marks, too, but his were a lot less. So, like, he only had a few, and my whole arm would be covered. You're tastier. Yeah. But, well, what I learned later is that some people just react to the bites differently than others, so he just wasn't having as strong of a reaction. 
So it was like a two-month ordeal to get rid of them. Like, What did you have to do? Well, we had to notify our landlord, and they started um, exterminating in the apartment, like every single unit. Because if you would just exterminate where they live, they'll move. Like, <laughs> they pack up their little suitcases. They do. They pack up and move to a new apartment. So um, we had to get these special covers for a mattress and box springs. And um, thankfully, actually, my landlord reimbursed us for most of the cost of that because they were expensive. I bet. But you have to, like, seal seal them in because they can live for a year with no food. What? And their, their food is your blood. That's horrible. Yeah. So are they, like, still in there? Well, their carcasses might be. I haven't opened it. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a couple years ago, but... That's, like... I think that's just as terrifying as the spider in the butt. Yeah, because once we figured out what they were, then you knew it was happening, and so it was really hard to sleep at night because, you know, like... The wind blows and you feel a hair on your arm move. And you're like, oh my god, there's one on me. <laughs> you're like, what's that? <laughs> yeah. And then they moved into the couch. So we had to like take apart our couch and put this powder stuff in there that kills them. Oh, it's like your whole place got lice. Yeah, basically. Um, we had to keep all of our clothes in plastic bags. And um, even if it was already clean, we had to like dry it on high heat for a half hour. Because basically heat's the only thing that kills them. And... A pesticide that's soon to be made illegal. (laughs) (laughs) And therefore soon to be put on the drug market for crazy drug people. Well, that's what happened is that the bed bugs were really bad, like, I don't know, like in the 60s or something. I didn't know that. They killed them all, and then the FDA made this pesticide they used to kill them with illegal, and so then they all came back. Stupid FDA. Yeah, and so, because they're very resilient bugs, like, you can actually kill them with rubbing alcohol, but you have to spray it directly on top of them, so there's not a lot not a lot of products you can just, like, spray around your house to take care of them. That's really disturbing. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. When was this? Uh, it was maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago. Traumatic. Yeah. I actually still have scars on my arms. No, are you serious? Yeah, because they're... The bites are really itchy, and so I would end up scratching them off and making scars. Scary. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better, though. Yeah. Because, you know, you're always afraid of certain bug things. Like, I watched Arachnophobia a lot as a kid, and so I was afraid of the bug in the shower. Everybody has the bug that descends in front of their face. But, like, to have new bug things to be afraid of is awful. Well, you can rest easy knowing yours was a one-time ordeal. And, and mine was I kind fun. of hope, I hope so. Don't you think that we deserve to be done? Like, we've met our quota. Yeah, I agree. Crazy bug stories, and we can be done for, like, at least a decade. Yeah. So if anyone ever, if you have itchy bumps on your arm, anyone ever says, oh, that looks like bed bug bites, <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> so when, uh, one of the times when we came down to visit Florida, we came with Lindsay because we were working on a web series at the time. Um, we were doing like a freelance web series gig and Lindsay was our, our camera operator mm-hmm. and we had booked a hotel in Tampa cause we were doing a whole, a few episodes in Florida. And, uh, we, I booked the cheapest hotel I could find because I'm that girl. And we got there and it was the diviest dive. <laughs> it was, it was the worst hotel I've ever seen. We walked in, we didn't set our stuff down. 
Lindsay walked right over to the mattress, lifted it up, and there was a bug. And we dropped the mattress and immediately turned around and walked out and got our money back and left. (laughs) It it was so disturbing. So we we may have missed our, our our near bed bug experience because... Lindsay is the smart one. <laughs> well, they they shut down a lot of hotels in Chicago. Like it was around the same time, there was just a huge outbreak in the city, and a lot of hotels were closed down because they had infestations. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Yeah, and disgusting. <laughs> I gotta get to Chicago to visit you while you still uh, live there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Usually, <laughs> are you just kind of over it? Yeah, I kind of got over it pretty quick. <laughs> it, I find that that happens with places. I like to move around. I want to conquer different places. I don't. I think the word is a is a slur. I know it is because I went to Romania for a little while, but I don't know what other word to use. Um, I'm kind of a one. I have a wandering heart. I like it. I'm a I'm a gypsy. There it is in, <laughs> in my heart. Except whatever the non-offensive. I like to wander. That's okay. I don't think we'll have any nomadic Romanians <laughs> beating down our doors anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a way of manifesting things that I think are never going to happen to me, so don't you be so sure. Have you seen Drag Me to Hell? I have not. Okay, well, if you do see a woman you think may be a nomadic Romanian, <laughs> do not let her take any belongings off of your person. I have this rule. I um, I read spoilers. I go to the movie spoiler and I read spoilers for horror movies because I love them, but I'm also like haunted by them. Like they get into my brain and they stay yeah. permanently. Uh. And so I have to be really careful about what else goes in there or else I won't sleep. It'll, it'll throw me into like weeks or a month or two of like not being able to sleep and it'll really mess up my life because I'm that much of a wuss. <laughs> It all started with Thriller, which is another essay in my book, so I won't get into that now. But um, I read the spoiler for Drag Me to Hell, and I saw that there is a, a an incident with a kitten. And I was like, nope, nope. I'm going to watch that. It's funny, though. It's funny, scary. Well, it's Sam Raimi, so I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah. But I'm, I'm too much of a wuss. And it, I'll tell you another movie that I really wish I could turn my wussiness off so that I could go see is The New Evil Dead. Yeah, I'm interested in that, but also I love the original so much that I think I'll probably just be mad by the time I leave the theater. I feel the same way, and I, I'm torn about it because, you know, Bruce Campbell is a producer, and he's been... I, I Do you follow him on Twitter or anything? Uh, No, I don't. Well, you should. Um, He's at Groovy Bruce, I believe. <laughs> but he he's a big proponent of the movie and he really wants everybody to go see it and he's like no like we worked really hard on this and please please go see it and all this other stuff but they went in a kind of a totally different direction where it's like I think they tried well they went in the same direction they just went in the direction they had the budget to go in this time Mm -hmm. and so it's going to be like legitimately like they tried to make the scariest movie ever made wow and that's one of the things that I liked about the first three movies is that they're scary movies that I can watch because they had that Three Stooges style humor and they were so over the top and so ridiculous. And I'll, I'll give you the first two are pretty darn scary. Yeah. Me. They they scared me. If you watch them now, you'd probably think they were funny. Well, I just have such a, 
I'm such Our Lady of Perpetual Obsession with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> I have these little seasons, you know? Oh. You remember that show? He was in the something about Briscoe County Jr. I loved Briscoe County Jr. He was also in a show called, I want to say Ace of Spades, but that's wrong. <laughs> but it was another one of those kind of Xena-type period shows where he was a pirate. Jack oh, of all yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Jack of aces. Something like that. Jack of pirate Xena trades. <laughs> all Australian, <laughs> New Zealand productions. <laughs> he, I, I thought he was like, I have a girlfriend named Belinda and we talk about how the, the guys that we watched in movies when we were younger created the template for our ideal man in our heads. And so therefore, Bruce Campbell should be banned because there's never going to be another Bruce Campbell. So it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair that we got to see him. And I, there's a, there's also a show called extras and have you ever seen any extras? It's a Ricky Gervais show. Mm-mm. There is an episode where he goes to talk to Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart plays uh, a funny version of himself in which Patrick Stewart is forever writing movie roles for himself where he gets to be a pervert. <laughs> so, so Patrick Stewart writes himself um, a, a script where he is telepathic like um, Xavier is, uh-huh. except the way he uses his powers is to make every woman's clothes on the planet fall off. Like, <laughs> and so that's the shtick. He'll be like, and then all of her clothes just fall off. Like, and so I kind of feel like if I ever become the writer, creator, director that I want to be, it's going to be like that. And I'm going to be making a bunch of like scenarios in which a woman who looks like a hotter version of me gets to meet Bruce Campbell and makes his clothes fall off with the power <laughs> of her mind. I didn't mean to draw that conclusion, <laughs> but it'll be like, it'll be like, so this woman, she gets in a time machine and she goes back to the eighties and then she gets to meet like Bruce Campbell and they form a crime fighting squad. And then all of his clothes just fall off. Like <laughs> it'll be like, but I kind of feel like that's the true impetus for every writer and creator because the comic book that I'm have written in my head, re haven't done any actual work on and therefore can't say I've written a comic book because I haven't. The comic book is about this certain time in my life that I want to go back and do over that I want to go back and fix. And so it's like, I kind of feel like instead of resisting that urge to feel like, Oh, I'm such a freak. Like, no, just go with it because that's, that's what writers do. We go back in time and we fix the things that we did wrong. when We were too dumb to know we were doing them wrong. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Fix. We need to fix these things. And then all of their clothes just fall off. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see it. It's, it's online search, search for extras, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I can imagine him just being really like straight faced and deadpan. He's a, he is a comedic genius. People don't <laughs> know how funny Patrick Stewart. You've you've pictured it exactly correctly. <laughs> so and then all of her clothes just and then this policewoman comes up to me in the park and she's riding a bicycle. And she tells me, "Hey, you stop that!" And then all of her clothes just fall off. <laughs> that was not a correct quote. Close enough. We we get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I rambled on for so long. It's been an hour and 11 minutes. That's okay. Uh, we are up to 11 subscribers now. What? Really? 
Yeah. That's exciting. And, and I don't know how many people actually just stream it off that little player on the website. So the subscribers just count people that subscribe to the RSS feed. Who are, who are, can we like see who they are? Um, I can see what they subscribe with is all. Oh, sad. So we'll never know. <laughs> Hello, strangers who are listening. There's 11 of them now. Ten of them have left us hate messages. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. you're rambling. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up then. <laughs> should we should we do the essay reading or should we save it for next time because we went over or I feel like we're going to go over every time. No, we can put it in there. Okay. I'm still planning on editing the best of or I could put it episode. up. I could put it up as a separate a separate thing. Maybe like we make, should do that. Make the essay a separate file. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that because it's long and rambly and maybe people who listen to two geeks talking to each other and rambling, maybe they don't want to hear a NPR style essay read so we'll give them that freedom of choice we'll call it like episode 4.5 i like it and then every time we have a guest read an essay we can call it a point five yeah look at us designing segments as you listen so what is our call to our viewers this time um what what, what is their homework assignment i would really like them to give us feedback like on our facebook or twitter or email or give us a Skype message, or on iTunes. There's so many, so many ways. So, so many ways to reach out and say, yeah. shut I the have, heck up. I have opened so many venues for them, and <laughs> no one takes advantage of them. Um, I would like them to watch the Patrick Stewart scene from Extras <laughs> on YouTube. You and can I... post it with the uh, article for the podcast. That's a good idea. That's yeah. okay. I'll do that. I want everybody to watch that. And I want everybody to tell us what makes a good podcast. Cause I, I do realize that it's just us talking to each other and I like it, but I like it. You there, know, they're outvoted. Like, no, they like it. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> we both count for 10 votes. <laughs> now, if, if they could just give me 198 points so I could get my magical comic book <laughs> artist, that would be cool. We'll work on that for next time. So talk to us. Talk to us, viewers. Talk to us about anything you want. Comic books or making your own comic book or or what makes a good podcast or why we suck or or Bruce Campbell or Dean Cain or any of the other things that we... Whose clothes you would like to make fall off. <laughs> yeah. The best part about this is that I have friends from many... The best part about the clothes falling off anecdote is that I have friends from many different social circles and some of them come from professional world and some of them come from uh home world, high school world, and some of them come from church world. <laughs> and so I always wonder like who is quietly judging me right now because I make jokes about people's clothes falling off. <laughs> so oh, well. it's time to find out. Guess we'll guess we'll find out who your real friends are. I guess so. <laughs> let's see who understands and who doesn't. Single tear. Okay, so let's have Five Year Mission play us out again. Please visit them, by the way, at fiveyearmission.net. They are a fantastic band with many fantastic albums and other merchandise that you can purchase. And I wish that you would. Me too. And I wish you'd share share our show with your friends. And I wish that Aaron and I could have enough money to buy a booth 
at Starbase Indy so that we could podcast live from that convention over Thanksgiving weekend. That would be awesome. So that's what I wish. So if you're rich... Give us money. Yeah. We'll find a way. I have PayPal. Seriously. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's kind of what I want. I really want to take the show on the road and do some special stuff, and I think that would be a great place to start because you've never been. No, sure haven't. So that's what we're campaigning for. Give us all your money. Thank you. See, I slipped that in there right at the end. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) All right, Aaron. It's been fantastic talking comics with you. Yeah, I agree. Enjoy the rest of your morning. You too. I'm going to work soon. I'll think about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. I'm going to work soon, too, in my pajamas. Baller. (laughs) You erased that I said baller from the podcast.